0: Hey friends, welcome to the Gutsy Faith Podcast. My name is Gary and my name is Carla and we are so excited that you're joining us today. Think about us as your personal faith coaches. Maybe you're strong in your faith or maybe you
1: don't even really know what faith is. We'll walk with you through how to discover your
0: faith, how to grow your faith and how to live a life of gutsy faith. That's right. And now is your time to go deeper and live braver. Let's check out today's episode. Hi, friends. Hey, hey everybody.
1: Welcome to the show, we, Carla. How are you? We're
0: so glad you're here. Gear, I am doing really, really great. Oh, I am. How are you doing? I'm
1: so good. You I'm look glad good. to be here. You look good, <laughs> girl. I know we've both had busy days leading up till today, but yes. we're we're so happy and thank you so much, friends, for listening for tuning in. It's always our our joy Truly. to get to do this with you,
0: you know? It's so amazing, Gary. You know, we I feel like we've just been in awe the past few weeks over everything that God is doing through Gutsy Faith. I mean, we were even just talking about it before we started recording. Just what a blessing it is that we get to— do this together. And not just me and you, but everybody that's listening, everybody that's a part of our family, our community that tunes in online, that listens to the podcast, that comes to the gatherings. Y'all, if you don't know, if if you don't know, let me tell you, if you are in the Houston area, the first Thursday of every month at seven o'clock, we come together, we worship together, we dive deep into the Word together. Gary and I do a Live Bible teaching, we have a time of prayer, a time of community, we've got merch. It's so much fun. It's so rich, Gare. I know I always leave just feeling so full. My heart, my soul, my spirit are just ready to go after every gathering. So friends, we wanna encourage you, if you haven't come to one of our Gutsy Faith gatherings, Come join us. Do whatever it takes to get there. All the info is on our social media, on our website, com slash gathering. But join us because it's so incredible.
1: Have you even talked about making it like a little trip? Like yes. make a little a little trip, a like getaway. Come like. on. You know, we would love that. And it's just a chance to be in the flesh mm-hmm. together. Yeah. So we're not just listening to God's Word, but we're actually Experiencing it, yeah, there's and such a power in that.
0: It, People it, have it come is. from College Station. People have come from, like, literally, they've done road trips just Other to, cities. to come. Yeah, yeah we love that. Oh man! And if you
1: do come, DM us so that we know to personally uh, yes. spend some time with you and welcome we'll you save properly. <laughs> hey, speaking of experiences, we've got some really big news. Before we dive in the word and. It is amazing news. I'm so excited, too. Ah. We're introducing something called the Gutsy Faith Experience. And we decided that we wanted to offer to the Gutsy Faith family a chance to go do something together, to go experience something magnificent and helpful and life-changing and powerful together. So, friends, we are offering a trip, a missions trip. Together, the Gutsy Faith Experience to Uganda, Mm -hmm. to the Vine Uganda, the love of my life, uh, the place that we run there in Uganda. We're offering a trip this summer, July 14th through the 25th. Mm -hmm. So, 2023. Yeah, 2023. That's right. So if you're interested, Carla. How can somebody yes. find out more?
0: All the information is on our website, gutsyfaith.com slash experience. The information about the trip is there. You can also sign up if you want to receive some more information. We've already had a ton of people sign up. So if yeah. you want information, please... Don't wait. Head over to the website, get some more information. It is going to be truly just a one of a kind, gutsy experience. I'm so excited, Gareno. You share so much about what the Lord is doing there in Uganda. And the fact that we get to do this trip together as a gutsy faith family is just oh, amazing. It's
1: going to be just insane. And I think, you know, that really launches us right into what we're trying to talk about today. Mm. So many times as as just believers, as men, as women, we get in ruts, right? We get stuck. And we've been talking a lot this fall at the Gutsy Faith Gathering about revival, personal Mm -hmm. revival, and corporate revival around the world. Yeah. We're going to mention that in a minute. But but personal revival and trips like this, things like this that we do, this is what can really— Shake you out of a rut. Yes. But I- I'm excited to talk about what we're gonna
0: dive I'm into excited, today. Gare, because like what you said, we really do in this life, it's so easy to get stuck, to get in a rut emotionally, you know, spiritually, especially. And I, I truly believe, Gare, we have never needed revival more than what we need it right now. That's the truth. It's the truth. I mean. Just take a look around at the world. Take a look at your world. It, it's crazy. Gare and I, we talked a little bit about this at the gathering. Um, so friends, if you were at the gathering, hang with us. We're going to dive a little bit deeper into what we talked about last Thursday night. I um, mean, if you weren't at the gathering, then this is all fresh for you. So we're excited hold to, on. To hold on. <laughs> You'll love it. <laughs> You'll love it. But we talked about this phenomenon. It's it literally sweeping the nation. That's called quiet quitting. And it's this this idea that people are completely shutting down internally. They're checked out. In fact, a recent Gallup poll showed that over 50% of the American workforce is made up of what they call themselves as quiet quitters. Mm. They're people that are not engaged at work. They're doing the minimum required. They're psychologically and emotionally and mentally completely detached from their job, from their work at the office, which then is bleeding over into their relationships and their friendships, their marriages, their lives at home. It's this idea that people are, they're tapping out. They're quit. Basically wanting to quit on life. Right. Right. And that's
1: that's the thing. I think really since COVID, we've seen this sweep of—I really don't even know how to describe it, but Mm -hmm. I've experienced it even myself to some degree where— for me, it tends to be from being overworked, over busy, overwhelmed. And then you want to just plan an escape. Yeah. Like, let me just tap out. Can I run away and run a coffee shop on a beach <laughs> somewhere? And you I know, just want to drink coffee on a beach I, somewhere. <laughs> me, knowing me, I'd want to run the whole place, right? I mean, you know, you know my personality. Of course. But the point is we have got, we have got to figure this out because our lives depend on it, our family's lives, everyone's lives, faith. Depends on it, because faith should not be in a rut. We don't want to live our lives in a rut. Mm -hmm. And there is a, a psalm, Carla. It's one of the psalms that we're going to look at. And it's one of my favorites. You mentioned we taught about this at the gathering. If you are at the gathering live, hold on. We're going to go deeper with this psalm. So there's some new, fresh things you're going to hear. Some of you may be familiar with one of the psalms. It's Psalm 119. It's unusual mm-hmm. in the other, you know, in comparison to the other psalms. It's the longest psalm, and most scholars believe that Ezra, believe it or not, wrote it. Some believe, you know, David may have wrote it, or or um, Daniel, or yeah. Daniel perhaps wrote it. But most scholars believe that Ezra wrote it, which is so interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Ezra wrote. First and Second Chronicles, of course, he wrote the book Ezra and parts of Nehemiah. But to think that all of a sudden he pops up in one of the Psalms, I love it. Yeah. It's the longest Psalm. And it's, it's what I love about it is it's a revival cry. Yes. 11 times in some translations, in mine, 11 times he's yelling out, revive me, mm-hmm. revive me. Now, this is not a backslidden man. Right. He's a priest. He's a teacher. He's a leader, but he's crying out, revive me, revive me. And Carla, the main vehicle that he's crying out to be revived in, hold on to this, is God's word. Mm. Carla, I was teaching uh, the other night, and several women came to me afterwards and said, Gary, you know, they're committed Christians. They're leading, mentoring, all of mm-hmm. this, but they said, I don't love reading God's word. Mm-hmm. I matter of fact, I don't even like it. I don't remember the last time I read it. Wow. Now that what is happening? Mm-hmm. What is happening? I mean, we we really to have personal revival, we really need to ask God. If you don't love his word, just ask him to to break your heart over
0: His Word, Mm -hmm. to hear His voice in His Word. Yeah. You know, and Gare, something just really practical on that, too, if you're listening and you're like, man, that's me. Like, I just don't even really know where to begin in the Bible. Like, I know I'm supposed to read it, but it's just kind of confusing. There's a lot of big words and a lot of weird names, and I just don't really Mm. know—I don't really know where to start, so you don't start. I want to encourage you— First of all, start in the Psalms, start in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, start in the Proverbs. And friends, just on a really practical note, you know, whatever you feed gets stronger. So the I promise you, the more that you begin to just take a step and read the Word, I promise you're going to begin to develop a desire for it. That's right. Sometimes it's just taking that first step. And Gare, like you said, This psalm, it's all about revival according to God's Word. And I think it's really interesting that the word revive that is used in this text 11 times, the Hebrew word there for revive is kaya, which literally means to bring to life again. And I don't know about you, but I know for me that there are— Areas of my life, and there have been areas of my life that have felt completely dry, completely dull, completely dead. And I have needed God to revive them, to breathe His breath of life into them, to bring them back to life. And like you said, Garrett, Ezra, who most scholars believe wrote this psalm, wasn't a backslidden guy. He's a great guy. He's a leader. He's, you know, doing incredible things even for God. But it didn't mean that he didn't need a personal revival. Yeah. Well, that's it.
1: And you know, this summer we were hosting in Uganda a a pastors conference for all Ugandan pastors and one of my friends a global evangelist, Pastor Samuel, started speaking about the state of the church globally, worldwide. And he said something Carla that is just uh, thrilled me and shook me both at the same time. He said the church of old wanted power they wanted power structures they wanted to build towards power they loved looking up to power but he said the church today wants knowledge mm. people are hungry for knowledge and he talked about there being levels to the word of course we've heard of the milk that's the simplest you know digesting the milk of the word <laughs> um and that's written about in in the new testament the milk of the word to 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 love it, but to not just get stuck there. Then he talked about the next level, the meat of the word. Then he talked about another level, strong meat of the word. And then the highest level is the honey. The honey, the Bible often calls itself honey, that it's sweeter than honey. And Ezra was was understanding this honey principle. He was constantly crying out for it. And and friends, if you're taking notes, we're going to look at three ways That Ezra, in this psalm, Psalm 119, and of course, we recommend you read the whole thing. Yes. It's a bit long. For time's sake, we're not going to do it. No. But but (laughs) sit with it. Sit in it for a couple days. If you're looking for something to study, get in it. Read it. But for our sake tonight, we're going to look at three things. Um, The first, if you're taking notes, write this down. Revive my discouragement. Ezra, for whatever reason— And we know his life was filled with many ups and downs. You know, this man was called upon to help rebuild the temple in Jerusalem after being dragged away from Jerusalem as captives. There were certain certain Jewish people that were called back into Jerusalem to rebuild God's house and the wall around it. That was Nehemiah. Ezra was a part of both, both of these. But Carla, you know, there was a 16-year gap in the work. They were all fired up. Yeah, let's do it. We're doing this. We're starting. And then the enemy got involved, and 16 years went by before they could go back and get it done. Now, that can be discouraging. But listen to this. In Psalm 119, verses 25 through 27, I'm going to read it out loud. This is what he says. I am completely discouraged. I lie in the dust revive me by your word i told you my plans and you replied now give me your instructions make me understand what you want for then i will see your miracles hmm. Ooh, i love that you know what carla strikes me as he's crying out i told you my plans and then it says that god replied you know Our plans are usually not reflective of God's plans. I'm sorry. I want to believe they are. I pray my head off. I believe my head off. But it's a fine line between having a plan, you know, which can mean being organized, goal-centered, good things. But there's a fine line between that and being fixated on what we want more than what God wants. God is always working on what he wants yeah. when we let him. That's so good, Gare.
0: Yeah, that, that verse in 26, when he says, it's almost like he's having this, this moment of complete transparency. He's saying, you know, Lord, I, I told you my plans and you replied, but but that didn't work. So now give me your instructions. You know, and to your point, Gare, I think so often our plan and God's purpose are in conflict, you know, because yeah, we, we want uh, you've heard it said before, and it's cliche, but it's really true. Like, we may want good things, but it may not be a God thing that we're after. And His way is always best, friends. I want to encourage you there is nothing more important than getting God's plan for your life, right? God's plan for your marriage, God's plan for your relationships, God's plan for your business. His way is always, always better. And you know, the, the the author here, the psalmist keeps going on and he says, Lord, make me understand what you want for then I'll see your miracles. I want to understand it. And he says, you know, a few verses before he's saying, revive me by your word. Friends, revival begins with our desire and dependence for God's word. Yeah. It's all there. Once we realize this, then we can begin to let the Lord revive us. And that, you know, that's it, Carla. And I
1: think the key, I love this last part. Make me understand what you want. I mean, we have to ask God, make me understand it. Because our flesh doesn't often even want to understand it. We want to get crabby, disappointed, mad, angry, questioning. It's great. You know, but make me understand what you want. Now, this is the key. For then I'm going to see miracles. Mm. When was the last time you saw a miracle, friends? When was the last time you saw a miracle? I want you to think about it. You know, when was the last time? Carla, I have got to share a story Please. that actually has been impacting me. It it recently happened. And um, you know, I, I, I think I told you this story, but I want our whole Gutsy Faith listening family to get to hear it. There is an author, I always believe in giving credit where credit is due. His name's Jamie Winship, and he wrote a book called Living Fearlessly. So a woman um, that her and her husband, Bobby and I were going out to eat with them, um, and honestly, I was so tired. It had been a long couple of weeks, but we went and it was a complete different scene at dinner than what I thought. She started Mm -hmm. telling me about this author and some of his stories, and I immediately went home the next day, listened to some of his his podcast, his audio work, and I was blown away. This guy, Jamie, was a policeman in the Washington, D.C. area. And he said that he was working in one of the toughest areas of crime. And at one point in his career, he, he changed the way that he did his work. He started to say to Jesus as a policeman, what do you want me to know about this situation a drug ring or whatever it might be. And what do you want me to do? So listen to this carefully, friends. What do you want me to know, Jesus? And what do you want me to do? So he starts praying this way. It revolutionizes Mm. what he does in his job. It revolutionizes the police force. The guy keeps getting promoted up, up, up. Finally, he becomes what they call a militant peacemaker. He's so highly promoted. That they start sending him into some of the most troublesome, you know, on the brink of war or trouble situations because his he would say openly, you don't want to hear what my strategy is. <laughs> I'm gonna to pray to Jesus Christ, my God, and ask him what he wants me to know and what he wants me to do. Mm. But they didn't care as long as it kept working. The story is they sent him and some kind of CIA-ish type guy. And another guy that was an engineer, I don't know why that guy was thrown in the mix, but the three of them, poor engineer, they throw these three together and they're sending them into one of the most militant areas that's on the brink of disaster. They have to fly them in the desert and it's like this really harrowing uh, entry. And the minute they drop them off at the compound, the the helicopter leaves. So they come into this compound, they start talking to the um, Muslim leadership that was at the crux of this this conflict. And within minutes, the leader says, we're going to kill you. We're going to kill you. We're going to take your life tomorrow. We're going to take your life. And so that night, there was a meal prepared for Jamie and the other two he was Literally traveling with. Literally the Last Supper. <laughs> Truly, right? <laughs> and they noticed that there were four place settings and only three of them. But they didn't say anything. The next morning at, at breakfast, four place settings, three of them. So when they get back in together, get back together to have this conversation with the militants that they're there to try to, <laughs> you know, broker peace. Yeah, they say, you know, just out of curiosity, the, the fourth setting, um, you know, what what's that about? And that leadership says, that's for your bodyguard. And they're like, wait, what? And they didn't want them to know that like, they right. don't have a bodyguard, right. there is no bodyguard. And so the CIA guy or whatever he is the secret service guy says um what does he look like and they start describing this large man and they can say his complexion his hair they they say that he walks the compound and he's he's just um so such a authoritative figure but they said that what most intrigued them was his sword that this man had a sword and that intrigued them the most. Mm. Well, Jamie and the other two men look at each other and they said, we're not going to die today. We are not going to die. And he starts speaking to these Muslims in such a loving way. And peace was brokered. There was not the outbreak of of uh, trauma that they were anticipating. Um. And, you know, the whole thing, Carla, is Sometimes I think we just have to expect that a miracle can come. That's great. We're we're so far from it. We're so living in a a state of discouragement. Mm -hmm. You know, I put this to the test just last week in Uganda myself. Some trauma was coming to us through taxes and tax collectors and people trying to run us down for money that we didn't think we owed, that we're pretty sure we did not owe. Mm -hmm. And I said to the Lord, what do you want me to know? And what do you want me to do? Mm -hmm. And overnight, he gave me a plan, a strategy, and I myself negotiated with the Ugandan government (laughs) to come down and pay a seventh of what they were trying to charge us. So I saw my own personal miracle. Friends, Mm. what kind of miracle do you need to see? If you're lying in discouragement, Ezra was lying in the dust. Yeah. I mean, if you're lying in discouragement, perhaps it's a moment where you can say, God, revive me by your word. Tell me your instructions. Give me understanding because I know I'm going to see your miracles.
0: That's so good, Garrett. That story, I get chills every time. It just, whew, it's so powerful because God, He really is. He's always working in ways even when we can't see it. And that's why understanding is so important in that latter part of that verse when He says, Lord, make me understand. You know, I, I was listening to— a preacher a few weeks ago, and she said something that completely revolutionized the way that I perceive discouragements and disappointments. She said, disappointment can only have power over you when you lack revelation. Ugh. Wow. And I've just begun, I've really, ever since she said that, I've begun to pray this prayer, Lord, make me understand there's been so many discouraging moments in my life and so many disappointments, things that I didn't think would—I've would, would I've experienced so many things that I didn't think I would have to experience or things yeah. that I, I went through, struggles that I faced that I never dreamed I would have to face. And, you know, I mean, from losing my dad to, you know, losing other just very, very close people in my life and struggling with learning difficulties and even ministry, like, the, the disappointment of the expectation gap, right? Of what, when you're facing something and, and what you're experiencing and how you expected it to be aren't the same. And now you're left with, wait, like, this is it? Like, this is not what I signed up for. And I just remember having to wrestle with so many discouragements, so many disappointments. And when I heard her say that, your disappointment can only have power over you when you lack revelation. It just completely shifted the way that I I began to see things. I mean, Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call to me and I will show you great and mighty things which you did not know. And friends, you know, if the enemy can discourage you and if he can bring enough disappointments across your way, he can take your confidence. And if he can take your confidence, he can take your faith. Mm-hmm. And that's really the second prayer, personal prayer of revival that we see in this psalm that, that Ezra, the psalmist, is, is writing and saying is, revive my belief. That's the second one. Revive my belief. Psalms 119, starting in verse 36, he says, help me to prefer obedience to making money. Turn me away from wanting any other plan than yours. I love this. Revive my heart towards you. Reassure me that your promises are for me, for I trust and revere you. You know, Garrett, I think the key to that entire verse is when he says, revive my heart towards you. The Bible is so clear. This is a matter of the heart. When he says, God, I want want your will above my will. I want you more than anything else. Turn me away from wanting any other plan right. other than what
1: yours is. Right. And, you know, that's why this second piece about personal revival, Revive My Belief, is so important. It's it's interesting that this, this little chunk of Scripture here starts with, help me prefer obedience to making money. Money all of a sudden gets thrown in there, you know, and and it makes me wonder if for him or whoever the psalmist was, and for us too, you know, we see those distractions. What is it? For Mm. him, perhaps it was money. For us, it might be success, or it might be, you know, to, to, to get ahead, or it might be, you know, anything that really turns our our hearts, our minds, our eyes, our our purpose away from what God wants. You yeah. know, because then he then he kind of comes to his senses. You know, if you read the whole Psalm one nineteen, you think he's like spiritually schizophrenic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the man is like up and down and up and down. It's a roller coaster. But aren't we all? Let me just say that again. <sighs> aren't we all? Preach. Anyone who says they're not, I want to, like, take your spiritual temp. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Liar. <laughs> Truly. You know, he he literally, in the middle of this, I'm struggling with money. Turn me away from wanting any other plan than yours. Revive my heart toward you. Mm. Reassure me that your promises are for me. You know, Carla, I could tell anybody any day, all day long, God's promises are for them. Mm-hmm. I could. But there are moments when God has literally stopped me short and said, but do you believe they're for you, Gary? Wow. Do you believe they're for you? That's great. And, you know, Carla, I've I've talked about it on the show before, but there was a moment where Bobby and I were going through some traumatic things with our oldest daughter, Brooke. She was just such a precious um, oldest daughter to us, uh, but she— went through some real struggles. I mean, she she started to drink a bit her senior year in high school. Not a lot, but, but a bit. And it seemed like every time she drank, she got in trouble. She lost her captainship of the cheer team. She, mm-hmm. There were moments where it just seemed like drinking was just going to harm her. Mm-hmm. And she went off to college, got into the film school of her choice. We were so excited. We sent her off. And on Halloween night, of her freshman year, a young man put a drug in her drink and then attacked her. And from that point on, there was a spiraling in her life of destruction. And and I mean, it was so bad at points that we thought we were going to lose her. And I just want to speak to anybody listening to this show right now. Maybe you're like Brooke. Maybe something has happened to you, you see no way out of the spiral and you've chosen destructive patterns of handling it, numbing yourself. For her, it was drinking, it was cutting, it was bulimia, it was, I think at times, drugs as well. I just know mainly those three. And, you know, maybe you're a parent of a child struggling so much right now that you don't know if your child's going to make it. You don't know. I was getting ready for work one day in the midst of this Season of struggle. And I felt like God said, Gary, I know you believe in me, but do you believe me? Do you believe that mm-hmm. I am the God that can change this? Do you believe that I am the God that you can trust? And honestly, Carla, I I weakly, very weakly in my heart said, Yes. I mean, it wasn't a bold gutsy faith. Yeah, I believe it, and Mm -hmm. I know things are going to change, and I'm believing. Because, you know, let's be honest. Like the psalmist, all of us struggle. We're all up and down and up and down and up and down. And I could believe it for other people, but what about myself? Mm -hmm. And it it was right literally within days of that that I landed on a scripture. It's in Habakkuk that said to record the vision so the one who reads it may run. And though it tarries, wait for it, it will certainly come. I wrote out, we've talked about it on the show before, a vision prayer for Brooke that included everything I could imagine that I wanted for her future. And I started praying that instead of praying what I saw, I prayed what I had vision for. And friends, that is a personal revival. And let me tell you, things didn't change immediately, but I did. Mm. I did. And I can honestly tell you that. In time, you know, a few years later, we walked Brooke down the aisle Hmm. to marry the man that she loves so much and has built a life with. She has a little, almost two-year-old little boy, and I just see the power of God and what He's done, and it did not happen overnight. And there were moments where my belief absolutely was dead. I needed a revival. Mm -hmm. But friends, if that's you, just cry out. Right now, God, revive my belief. Say it wherever you're listening. Revive my belief, and I promise you that He will. And that leads us to our our last point, which is revive my passion. Mm. You know, I mean, I want, and I know you do too, Carla, I want that passion that I had when I first came to know the Lord. I want that passion of, of being in love with my Savior, Psalm 119 verses 49 and 50 says this, never forget your promises to me, your servant, for they're my only hope. Mm. They give me strength in all my troubles,
0: how they refresh and revive me. I love that. And I love just a few verses later, the psalmist says in verse, verse 57, Jehovah is mine and I promise to obey with all my heart. I want your blessings. Be merciful just as you promised. I thought about the wrong direction in which I was headed and turned around and came running back to you. Oh, I love that, Garrett. I I love Mm. this moment where it's so personal. He's like, hey, God is mine. Jehovah is mine. Lord, with all my heart, I want your blessings. I want to see you. I want to know you. I'm coming back to you. And that really is, that's the key to, having your passion revived is to run back to Jesus. Yeah. To fix your focus back on Him. Gary, you know, we've talked about this, but I've noticed in my life, anytime that I'm lacking passion, it's usually because I'm lacking perspective. Mm. My eyes are not where they should be. I'm focused on the struggles. I'm focused on the disappointments. My eyes are not fixed and focused on Jesus. And whenever I, I fix that, that perspective back on Him, back on His goodness, back on His promises, it changes everything.
1: It does. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. And I love that, how you said it's perspective. Friends, we're going to give you something tangible to do that will really just pull your head back, pull your mind back, pull your heart back. And we're calling it the Psalm 119 challenge. Yeah. And some of you were
0: with us in person when we really laid this out, but— And if you were here, friends, if you were at the gathering and y'all took the challenge for a week, you did it with us, I love it. I want to challenge you and encourage you. Do it again. Like, oh. do it—let's do it again. And if you're listening to the podcast and you have no idea what we're talking about, then listen closely we We're about to explain it. It's going to be—yeah, it's going to be amazing.
1: It's a, it's a game changer. And you know, Carla, I did it for the first week, and now I'm just— I'm going to do it. I'm ready for— I want to do it the rest of my life. Yes. I'm not kidding. Yes. So here we are, friends. There are three verses in Psalm 119. If you're taking notes, write it down. They'll also be in the show notes. But one is Psalm 119, verse 62. Now, we're going to give you three that are part of this challenge and their time frames. And listen to what the author, who we believe is Ezra, is saying in these time frames— verse 62 at midnight i will rise to give my thanks to you for your good laws at midnight friends there's something about it doesn't have to be midnight <laughs> like maybe you go to bed earlier than that or whatever but before you shut your eyes to sleep yeah that's where you rise get like yeah. get in a posture you know where you're giving thanks To God, for what He he gives, for His Word. And then the next one is verse 147. Here's the second part of the challenge. Early in the morning, before the sun is up, I'm praying and pointing out how much I trust you. Early in the morning, before the sun is up, listen, get up, get up. And before you even get out of your bed, that's where you're praying and pointing out how much I trust in you, So before you've gone to sleep, you're doing it. Before you get up or the minute you get up, you're saying, I trust you. I trust you. I'm pointing out how much I trust you. And then finally, verse 164, I will praise you seven times a day because of your wonderful laws. Literally seven times in the day. So my thought has been to on the mark of about every two hours in the day, what I did when I started this— Was at 9 in the morning, at 11 in the morning, at 1 in the afternoon, at three, five, seven. You get the point. Because we've already <laughs> got midnight and when we wake up yes. taken care of. I stop, literally, and I praise the Lord. So I good. think of something to stop and praise Him for. Now, is this a magical formula? No. <laughs> but it's a challenge yeah. to re- focus us, to revive us, to get us back excited for what God's doing and who He is.
0: Yes. And friends, you know, something that Gare and I are so passionate about and what, Garrett, one of the reasons I love getting to do life with you is because of accountability. You know, like, I want to encourage you, share this episode with a friend. Ask a friend to do this challenge with you. Do it together. Hold each other accountable. Like, send the link to a friend. Tell them, hey, I want to do this challenge. Will you do it with me? And Friends, we are praying and believing that the Lord would just bring a personal revival to your heart, to your mind, to your spirit as you lean in. Read Psalm 119 this week. Go deeper. Take what we've talked about. See what the Lord shows you and reveals to you in and through your reading this week. And we're just excited to hear what, what God's going to do.
1: Oh, let us know, too. If yeah. something gets revealed message, or you hear something. Yeah. I got
0: some and you know what? Don't worry. We're
1: all in this together. We all need to be revived. Yes. We are cheering you wildly, friends. Yes. Till next time.
0: We love you guys. Have the best week.
1: Well, that's it for today. We'll see you next time. Don't forget to catch the latest episodes every other Tuesday
0: on your favorite platform. Absolutely. And if you were encouraged by today's episode, we would love for you to rate, review, and subscribe to the Gutsy Faith Podcast on whatever platform you're listening from. You can also keep up with us on our Facebook and Instagram pages at Gutsy Faith and on Twitter at Gutsy underscore Faith. You can also get connected to the Gutsy Faith Show, now available on our YouTube channel.
1: Wow. It's so exciting. Be sure to share this episode with a friend and stay connected with us on our website, gutsyfaith.com. We love you and we're
0: cheering you wildly. Remember, this week, go, go deeper, deeper and live braver. We'll see you next time.